Welcome to Thrive Church. We are so glad to have you here with us today. Uh, my name is Judah, and I'm lead pastor here. And we have a couple of things coming up uh, in the next week or two uh, that I want to let you know about. First is our Christmas services, and uh, that begins next week. So all of our Christmas services, that are on the flyer, they're online. Uh, specifically uh, here on the, the Sunday, we have a uh, Christmas service at uh, 8.30, 10, and 11.30. And, you know, we just encourage you to invite someone to any of those. Also, at each campus, they have their Christmas services at 10 a.m., and we are excited to, to celebrate the birth of King Jesus uh, with you. Also, the following week, uh, so that'll uh, be the, a Wednesday, uh, December 21st, we're going to be doing candlelight services here at Thrive as well. We'd love to have you come to that. There's going to be two of them, one at 6 o'clock and one at 7.30, and it's going to be a great time singing some carols together, having a good time, so we would like to invite you also to that. And today we're continuing our series, The Ghosts of Christmas, Ghosts of Christmas, and we started last week talking about the ghost of Christmas past and kind of loosely based on this idea um, from the Christmas carol, you know, Ebenezer Scrooge, how he was visited by these three ghosts, Christmas past, Christmas present, and Christmas yet to come. And, and these ghosts were, were messengers sent to warn him. Now, in the Bible, we don't see ghosts in the same way, but God did use some messengers, some angels, who came to deliver messages to different people. And this week we're specifically talking about the ghost of, of the present, of the present. This is where you are now, right? This is where we are right now, the present. Now, some of us may be still living in the past, right? Like, you, you know the guy who, you know, he's already in his 50s, but the only thing he ever talks about is that time he got, you know, a touchdown in high school or something like that. Or, or sometimes we're, we're living in the past. Sometimes our high moments, but sometimes our low moments, we're living in the past. But, but this is, is the present. And, and the question that I want us to examine and ponder today is this. Can you have joy in the present? Can you have joy right here, right now, in the present? It says in Philippians chapter 4, uh, verse 4, it says, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. In case you missed it, rejoice. Always be full of joy and the Lord. Anybody here feel particularly joyful right now? Anybody? Okay. Like, maybe it's like 30%, 40%. You know, congratulations. The rest of you, like, we're like, I don't know. I don't know if I would call it joyful or not. Now, now how many people could say that you follow this verse, always be joyful? Like, don't raise your hand, okay? Because we're not going to embarrass anybody here. But I don't know. I mean, like, that, that's a pretty tall order. We read things like this. It says, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again. Rejoice. Rejoice. Do we have this kind of Kind of joy. We see verses like that. We wonder, like, am I joyful? Like, am I really joyful? Like, do I really feel this joy? Can, can I really rejoice? Can I thrive in my life? Have you ever think that that maybe in your life you're pursuing the wrong things? You know, it's part of the American dream, right? Life, liberty, and the pursuit of what? Happiness. Happiness. I'm pursuing happiness because I just want to be happy. I just want to be happy, so I'm pursuing happiness. And and, and you know. They never promise that you'll get it. It's just that they promise that you can pursue it, right? It's like, go, good luck. Maybe you can find it, but probably not. But go and pursue it. Life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. And so many people, they walk around sad and dejected and discouraged. 
Or here we see in the Bible, God wants us to be full of joy. Full of joy. Man, full of joy. Like, like I, I know, you know, growing up, going to church as a kid, we had these songs that we'd sing about joy, right? Like, I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Down in my heart. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart to stay. And it goes on and on, you know. And, and, and like we sing songs like this, but do we really have the joy, 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 joy down in our heart? Or are we just faking it? Like, or are we singing around this time of the year, right? Like, joy to the world, the Lord has come. Like, do we really experience the joy because the Lord has come? Some of us, we even go so far as to like go to Hobby Lobby and buy plaques that say joy, and we hang them all over our house. Joy, love, peace. And yet we don't have any of them in our life. We just got the plaque on the wall, you know? Joy. We talk about tidings of comfort and joy, but do we have this? See, I'm not talking about happiness, though, right? Because happiness is based on the happenings, right? And whenever you're basing something on the happenings, that means other people can control it, right? Like, I have the power to control your happiness. Like, what? No, you don't. Like, yeah, I do. Like, I could give you 100 bucks, and you'd be happy. Like, wow, thank you. And I can take it back. I'm like, ha that was a joke. I'm not really giving it to you. Now you're sad again. And, and, then, and then, you know, I can say, well, you know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something nice for you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a brand new car. Like, remember Oprah many years ago, she did like, give everybody a brand new car for everybody. Like, yeah, yeah. They're like, but you didn't pay the taxes on them. And they all got mad about that. It's like, it's like, like our happiness or lack of it is based on our happenings and other people control it. See, in your notes, if you're taking them, happiness is external, but joy comes from within. See, this is why I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart, right? See, this is something that's internal, not external. The joy of the Lord is something that's inside us, not something that's outside of us. Imagine being Mary, right? Mary, the mother of Jesus. Imagine being her. You think she was happy? Like, I don't know. Maybe sometimes, but like, I don't know, like in the moment when everything was starting to come down, like, do you think she was happy? Like, I don't know. I, I kind of don't think she was very happy. She gets this little messenger, right, this ghost of Christmas present. The very first Christmas of all times, she gets this angel that shows up to her. We see this in uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 28. Gabriel, they give him a name. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. <laughs> I love this next verse. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel can mean, right? He's like, confused and disturbed. She's like, uh, what in the world is going on here? Confused, like, if you look up the original languages for that, it means perplexed, agitated, or greatly troubled, right? She's like, what in the world? She's confused and disturbed. This angel shows up. Shows up, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. She's confused and disturbed. Mary tried to think, what, what could the angel mean? She's trying to deliberate in her mind, reason, trying to figure out. Like, I wouldn't call this happy. Like, I don't think she's like, oh, look, it's an angel. Like, so, so this is so nice. Like, 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 her world is about to get flipped upside down. And, and the angel goes on to tell her that, that she's going to conceive a child and that she's going to give birth to this Messiah. And, and he's telling her all of this stuff. And, and saying, yeah, yeah, th this is going to go. And she knows the implications. And then the angel's like, don't be afraid. Like, yeah, sure. <laughs> Easier for you to say. You know, I don't know how angels look, right? We put angels on our tree, right? They all look nice. They got like a white dress. And they got white wings. And they look very beautiful and angelic. Like, oh, the pretty angels. Or they're like the little naked baby angels. Like, you got those too. Um, I don't know. 
When I read Ezekiel, it talks about angels having like six wings and all of their wings and body and face is covered with eyeballs. Imagine that showing up to you. Just this thing with wings and everything is eyeballs. Don't be afraid. <laughs> no, I think I'm going to be afraid, you know. I think I'm going to need a bathroom really quick. Like, like, come on. Like, don't be afraid with all these eyeballs. This must be unnerving. It's like, don't be afraid. You're going to have a child. It goes on, though. In uh, verse 36, we'll skip down. It says, what's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she's conceived a son now and is now in her sixth month. Now, now just to, to be clear here, this is Elizabeth and Zechariah. Uh, they were too old to have kids, but an angel appeared to them as well, said, I'm going to give you a kid. This kid was going to end up being John the Baptist who prepared the way for Jesus. And so, so he's saying, hey, your relative's pregnant also because, verse 37, for nothing is impossible for God. Isn't that great to know that nothing is impossible for God? Like, that is an amazing thing. Whatever problem, whatever difficulty you're facing, nothing is impossible for God. Now, this can also be problematic, right, for people like Mary, who's just trying to live her life, and he's like, you're going to have a child. Like, nothing is impossible for God. But here, look what Mary says in verse 38. Mary responded, I'm the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. She's probably a little bit relieved that he's gone now. And, and so this angel's there, tells her all this stuff. And you can tell that she's not quite sure about this. You know, it, it seems like knowing that, that her relative uh, Elizabeth is pregnant. It kind of comforts her a little bit. She's like, there's somebody else. In fact, she plans a trip. It's like, I'm just going to go hang out with Elizabeth because nobody else gets what's going on right now. You know, Mary's in a difficult time. Like, like, nobody really believes Mary, right? I mean, let's be real. Like, nobody believes Mary. You know, we all believe it now. Like, oh, the Virgin Mary, right? But, but imagine being back then, and she's like, she's like, I'm pregnant. And everybody's like, who's the dad? God is the dad. Sure, Mary. <laughs> He might say that he is, but, but let me tell you, Mary, it's not God. Tell us who it is. No, I'm not, it's God. And I was like, okay, whatever. You're, you're just making stuff up. So she goes and she lives with Elizabeth for a while. She's in a difficult time, but she gets joy in the present. She gets joyful in the present time. How do we know? How do we know? She wrote a song. Do you know she wrote a song? She wrote a song called the, the Magnificat. And, and, and this is, comes right after all this happened. Because see, in your notes, praising God in the middle of a difficult times brings joy. If you can praise God in the middle of a difficult time, she's in the middle of a difficult time. She doesn't know what's going to be going on in her life right now. She's in a very difficult time, and you know what she does? She writes a song. She writes a song in the middle of this difficult time. Look what it says um, in uh, Luke 1, 46 here. Mary responds, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl, and from now on all generations will call me blessed. She has joy. She's like, people may not like me now. They may be calling me all kinds of names. They may be saying all kinds of things. They may be thinking all kinds of horrible things about me, but they will one day call me blessed. They will one day see. see. See, maybe you're feeling weak in your own life. Maybe you need some strength in your own life. Mary certainly could use some strength. She, she certainly was in a vulnerable state, but what she'd learned to do is tap into God's joy. It's something that comes from within, and it's something that, that she kind of kickstarts by giving praise to God. See, when life is in chaos, when we need strength, see, the Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. If you need a little bit more strength in your life, do you need some strength to get through the holidays for crying out loud? Like, do you need a little bit of strength in your life? Maybe you need some strength, but the joy of the Lord is your strength. See in your notes, 
because joy gives us the strength that we need. God's joy gives us the strength. You don't have the strength on your own, but God's joy, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And the very first thing she does is she turns around and starts praising God. She's joyful in the midst of this difficult situation. Look what it says in Nehemiah 8.10. The last part of the verse says, don't be dejected and sad. How many of us are going around like that? We're just all dejected and sad. Like everything could be, could be going on or everything bad, whatever. We're just dejected and sad. We're just miserable people. But it says, don't be dejected and sad for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Underline that. The joy of the Lord is your strength. So how can you stay joyful when your world is falling apart? How, how can you stay joyful in the middle of sickness? How do you stay joyful when you've gotten a bad diagnosis? How do you stay joyful in a time of crisis? How do you stay joyful when you're unemployed? How do you stay joyful when you're broke? Only by the supernatural joy that the Lord gives you. Only by his joy can we have the strength to get through these things in our life. But you know what? We have an enemy. We have an enemy. The devil goes around trying to steal our joy. He's trying to steal it. And we need, to, we need to protect our joy. Do we protect our joy or do we just let the devil steal our joy? See, in your notes, don't let the enemy steal your joy. Don't let the enemy. As we get into this holiday season, we, we put up the, 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 the little plaques and the, and the little you know, cute little things. Oh, comfort and joy and peace and love and all this stuff. And yet, yet we're frazzled, we're burned out, we're frustrated because of all the hustle and bustle. Don't let the devil steal your joy. See, he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He comes to take away that joy. Now, now Mary in the situation, she could have been sad. She could have been upset and bewildered, but instead she chose the path of joy. She chose joy. She chose to, to rejoice in the present situations. In the present, she said, I'm in this situation right now that doesn't look very good. I'm in a situation right now that, that people are saying and thinking all kinds of horrible things about me. I'm in this situation right now, but she chose joy. She chose to rejoice. I mean, I mean, her fiancé, Joseph, was just about ready to call off the wedding on account of all this. Surely her, her family was distancing themselves from her. They didn't want to have anything to do with her because of the, the path that she took, but she chose joy in her life. Maybe she remembered the Old Testament. You know, there was another woman in the Old Testament by the name of Hannah, and, and she was in the opposite situation. You know, Mary was just kind of, you know, going along her life, and God's like, here, have a baby. Hannah, on the other side, she was barren. She couldn't have children, but she was praying and asking God to give her a child, and God gave her a child. And, and she had this child. His name was Samuel. She dedicated this child to the Lord, but you know what her first response was? She also wrote a song, and she gave praise to God, and she said very similar things to what Mary said. She says, I'm going to rejoice in this time. I'm going to rejoice because of what God has done. See, it doesn't matter how dark our life gets. It doesn't matter how dark the world gets. It doesn't matter how big our problems are. It doesn't matter the difficulties that we face. God wants to give us joy. This is joy from the inside coming out. See, God wants to give you joy, this joy of the Lord that is our strength. It says in Psalm chapter 30, verse 5, for his anger lasts only a moment. You know, that's good to know, right? good to know. Like sometimes people are like, I think God's angry at me. Well, maybe so. But it says his anger only lasts for a moment, but his favor lasts for a lifetime. See, God, his favor lasts for a lifetime. And he goes on and says, weeping may last through the night, but joy 
comes with the morning. You know, it doesn't matter how dark it gets. We know the sun is going to rise, right? Joy comes with the morning. Whatever darkness you may be going through right now, whatever difficulty, adversity, sickness, disease, whatever you're going through, God is offering each and every one of us. He's offering us joy. We see throughout Scripture that in God's presence, there is joy. When we are aware of God's presence, that he's with us, that he'll never leave us and never forsake us. When we realize that, we can realize that there is joy. In fact, in the Scripture, it says that, that there is a, this Messiah was coming and that he would be called Emmanuel. And Emmanuel means what? God with us. And when God is with us, then we have joy. See, when God came to be with us, he brought us joy, joy for the present, joy even in adversity. This isn't a fickle happiness based on the happenings of life, but something that comes from within. Jesus came to bring us joy. Jesus came to bring us fulfillment. Jesus came to make us whole again. Now, let's be honest, though. Joy isn't something that comes naturally, right? Like when, when, when we go through difficulties in life, what do we gravitate to? We gravitate towards anger, and we gravitate towards bitterness, and we gravitate towards rage, and we gravitate towards frustration. We gravitate towards all of these things, and yet God is saying, I want to give you joy. That's one of the fruits of the Spirit is joy. He wants to bring us joy. See, sometimes we need to stop looking at the circumstances of life. We need to stop looking at the circumstances, the things that we're going through, and we need to start looking at Jesus instead. See, we need to stop looking at the things that are trying to steal away our joy. Did you know that the things that steal your joy away are not the things that are going to give it back? You know what I mean by that? Like, think about this. Maybe you got a sickness, and that has stolen your joy. You getting healthy will not give you your joy back. You know, maybe, maybe you're, you're alone and you feel loneliness. You being in a relationship will not give you your joy back. Maybe, maybe you're, you're broke right now and, and, and you don't feel like you have enough money to pay your bills. You getting more money will not bring you your joy back. Maybe you don't have a job right now. You're like, well, if I just had a job, I'd have my joy back. No, the things that steal your joy away are not the things that are going to give you the joy back in your notes. Jesus is the only one who can bring us joy. He's the only one. You getting a new job, a promotion, more money, a different relationship, you know, you, you getting, you know, whatever, healed or whatever, that's not what's going to bring you joy. What's going to bring you joy is Jesus and Jesus alone are your eyes on him. Or are you like Peter who walked on the water for a few moments and then his eyes became distracted by the circumstances of life and he began to sink because he took his eyes off Jesus. Are you aware of God's presence? Because in God's presence, there is joy. Think about the shepherds, right? There's some characters in the Christmas story. If you got a nativity, you usually got a couple of them there, you know, the shepherds and the wise men. You got everybody and Jesus, you know, number one, they didn't all come at the same time, but who cares? We're just, you know, doing a little nativity scene, right? So you get the little shepherds there and, uh, and, and, and these guys, like, I kind of like the shepherds because they're like, they're like the blue collar guys, right? They're, 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 like, they're like the outsiders because they're, they're on the outside of the city, right? They're, they're not in the city. They're on the outside. They're out in the fields. They're watching their sheep. They're sleeping with the sheep. They're out there. They're away from friends and family. They're, they're getting the job done at all costs. They're sacrificing in order to, to pay the bills, to provide for their family. kind of reminds me of like a trucker. 
you know? Like, my granddad was a trucker, and, uh, and you know, he wasn't home very much. He was always doing long-distance trips, and we, we'd go to see him, and he wasn't there for a lot of holidays and stuff. Why? Because he was out there making America run, right? He was out there doing the work, and that's kind of like these shepherds were, right? They're just out on the outskirts of town. Nobody really pays them attention. You know, they're just out there doing their thing, and look what happens in Luke chapter 2, verse 8. It says, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby. So they're out on the outskirts of town. They're guarding the flocks of sheep. And suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them. And the radiance of God's glory surrounded them. And they were terrified. Yeah, of course, it's all the eyeballs again, right? And the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. It's like, come on, you got to get a better line than that. You know, don't be afraid. Like, how about, you know, remove some of the eyeballs or something? I don't know. Says, uh, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring what? Great joy to all people. I'm bringing you some good news, and it's going to bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you'll recognize him by this sign. You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth laying in a manger. Isn't that cool that he comes to the shepherds? Maybe it's because they knew Jesus was going to be the Lamb of God. He was the good shepherd. And here these angels appear to the shepherds. Say, hey, I've come to bring you news that a Messiah is born. He's going to bring great joy. You know what those shepherds did? They didn't say, wow, thanks for the information. We'll keep that in mind as we go on. No, it says they left their flocks and they went and they found him. And they worshiped him. They went. They seized the moment. They had joy for the present. They said, we're leaving our flocks behind, and we're going to go and find out what this crazy eyeball guy told us and if it's true or not. And they go because today, they're saying, today joy has come. Today it's come. God is giving us joy for today, joy for, for the present, joy for the, for the here and now. There is joy Joy for your problem, your difficulty that you're facing. Joy for the hardship. Joy for the depression. Joy for the anxieties and the fears. He said, joy is here now. And it doesn't depend on your situation. And it doesn't depend on your circumstance. You can have this joy now. The joy of the Lord is your strength. This is the great thing. It's not just for the perfect. Not just for the people who are all put together. You know, we come to church, we look around like, wow, those people are all put together, but I'm not put together. I'm just a mess. If they only, like, you know what? Look, okay, look, we're all a mess, okay? <laughs> like, like, we all are, and his joy is for each and every one of us. He didn't come for the refined. He came for, for the rough and the tough, the outsiders, the regular people like you and me. He, he came, and he's bringing us joy, and this joy is our strength, strength that we can get through tomorrow. Joy, that even when difficulties come, we can still have that joy bringing us strength. We can still rejoice because God is good. See, God is offering you an abundance of joy, not just a little bit. He's offering it to you in an overflowing amount. It's something that's bubbling out of you, just like a spring is just coming out of us. He wants to give you joy if you let him, this joy that is unspeakable, and to tap into that, though, we must remain in him. We must be aware of his presence. We must take time to rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Do we walk in that joy that God is offering us? See, followers of Jesus Christ should be the most joyful people in the world. And yet, a lot of us, we walk around like our best friend just died. 
It's like we should be the most joyful people. Like, like whatever problem you're going through, don't you know that God sent his only son Jesus to die on the cross to forgive your sin? Man, that is something worth rejoicing about. That is something worth getting excited about. I can have joy, not joy in my problem that I'm hurting right now, that I'm sick, but I have joy that God loves me, that he sent Jesus to die for me and to save me. And if your life isn't demonstrating joy, then maybe it's time to pursue God's presence to be aware of his presence, to get into scripture, to begin to pray. The psalmist said, restore unto me the joy of your salvation. Maybe the joy in your life has run dry because you've allowed the devil to steal your joy. You've allowed the circumstances of life to steal your joy. The psalmist says, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Are we aware of God's presence that God is here, not distant? Can we keep our eyes on Jesus Because he is the one who brings us joy. That that baby born in a manger, yeah, seems so nice and cuddly, but he grew up to be a man who took your sins and my sins, and he died on a cross, and the grave couldn't hold him, and he came back to life with resurrection power, and is offering life and freedom and joy to each and every one of us. The song says, joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Have you received your king? See, that's where the joy comes. We have strength because of joy. So sorrow may last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And maybe you feel like it's just so dark right now. It's so depressing, so discouraging. Let me tell you, the joy is here. Joy comes in the morning. So we need to go forth with joy, to live a life of joy. Jesus brings joy to our broken world. He's offering you joy right now, joy that is not based on circumstance. It's not based on the happenings of life, but this is a joy that comes from within, the joy of the Lord that can be your strength. God is offering it to you. It's in his presence, but are we willing to take that step, or are we just going to allow the enemy to steal it away? We're not going to protect it, not going to guard it. I'm just going to allow him to steal it away. No, let us be people who rejoice. That the joy of the Lord is our strength. I will rejoice, and again, I will rejoice because God is good. Like Mary rejoiced when her world got flipped upside down. Like those shepherds, they left their sheep rejoicing because the Messiah had come. Let us be people who rejoice because God has come. He has saved us, redeemed us, healed us, and forgiven us, and made us a part of his family. Let's pray. God, We come to you right now, and we thank you that your joy is our strength. We thank you that sorrow may last for a night, but that your joy comes in the morning. So we thank you for that. We thank you that Jesus came to bring us joy. So we are aware of your presence right now because we know that's where the joy is. Let it come from within us right now, regardless of our situations and our circumstances and our problems. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord, he's offering you a second chance. He came to forgive your sin. He came to make you right with God. He came to bring you joy. Will you receive him? God's word says that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Won't you call on his name now? If you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, you say with your mouth, Jesus, you are my Lord. Won't you call on his name and say that? Jesus, you're my Lord.
God, we thank you that you give us joy for the journey, joy for the hardships, joy for the sickness, joy for the pain, joy for the discouragement, joy for the heartache, joy for the hunger, joy for the times that we feel lost in this world. Lord, we thank you that you have come to give us joy, and we receive that. Let your joy flow through us. Let us not look at the circumstances of life. Let us not be focused on the things that are coming towards us, the happenings of our life, but let us be focused on you because you and you alone bring us joy. That even though we may be sorry for a night, we may be sad for a night, that your joy is coming, that your joy is here, that Jesus brings joy, everlasting joy. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Lord, we ask you to give it to us right now. Lord, each and every person here, just give us your joy, Lord. Whatever situations we're in, let us choose to rejoice. Let us choose to praise you. Let us choose to sing because you are good. You are faithful. You are strong. You are powerful. And we may not like the situation, situations we're in, but we do know that you are good and that you're working in us. You're building character in us and that you have a plan. So we trust you. We're joyful. We rejoice because you are our God and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.